The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. going on everybody this is jimmy kemsky of phillyvoice.com with me as always is brandon Gallon of bleedinggreennation.com we are here to go over our final 53-man roster projections in advance of final cutdowns which are going to happen on saturday we're recording this on a friday this is bgn radio episode number 144 how's it going buddy jimmy no real time to waste here uh, obviously, before cuts happen, 4 p.m. is the deadline on Saturday, September 5th. Have to be in before then. They can start making the practice squad then on Sunday, I believe, um, after players pass through waivers. Uh, it's coming up here soon, uh, but before we get into everything, and we'll just get right into it. Obviously, BJ Radio brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Turkey. Now you can eat the same meat snacks that the Eagles do. You can go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BGN15 at checkout for 15% off orders of $50 or more. Jimmy. Meat snacks. Let's, let's do it. What? All right. Quarterback. Uh, we both probably have Carson Wentz, Nate Sudfeld, Jalen Hurts. Anything to add? No. Other than I think Sudfeld is the number two. Mm-hmm. I think that, like, I think early in camp, uh, he kind of looked like he might be losing that, and Hurts just might be the guy right away. But I think he finished training camp off strong. And I think to begin out, like, early in the season, that's, I still think Sudfeld is the number two. And Hertz is coming for that job sooner than later, but right now, Sudfeld number two. The only point that I'll add here is in putting my final 53-man projection together, I also tried to figure out who was going to be inactive week one. And there are five guys that are going to be inactive, in my opinion, before Hertz will. Yeah. Because you got two guys that are injured in Rager and Will Parks. And then thereafter, you have three guys that are probably you know not ready to go. And I think they'll opt toward going with the third quarterback over, you know, three of those real back of the roster guys, like developmental guys. So I think he's going to dress week one, which uh, wasn't always a certainty uh, during this offseason. But I think he will week one. But I don't think I don't think we'll see much of that gimmicky. I mean, he's not going to be. Yeah, I don't think uh, he's going to play at all, but he he is. But he probably is going to dress. Okay, running back. How many you got, first of all? I have four. I think okay. I have Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Corey Clement are the obvious locks. There's no debate about that. Yeah. Uh, they, they will at least keep those three. It just it comes down to are they going to keep four? And I, I figured with Scott was banged up a little bit in training camp. Miles Sanders has a hamstring issue. Uh, and Corey Clement has had injury issues the past couple of years. So I was like, maybe they just keep that fourth guy. And uh, Holyfield, I thought, had a good camp and deserves it. So 
I could easily be wrong, and they could keep the, him on the practice squad, and maybe they bump him up. You know, running back not the most valuable position, but I don't know. I think they maybe they like him a little bit. Four backs is the chalk, the chalk way to go. They kept four in 2016, 2018, and 2019. In 2017, their Super Bowl year, they kept five. So mm. they've never kept fewer than four, uh, at least in the Doug, Howie, Schwartz era. I only have three, so I only have Sanders, Scott, and Clement. I just couldn't find a way to keep a fourth running back and go lighter somewhere else on the roster. Uh, it was really not like anything. It was really just a matter of like that fourth running back versus guys at other positions. And I figured that the guys at the other positions were harder to part with than that fourth running back. So Killens, Holyfield, Warren, of those three, I would say Killens and Holyfield have the best chance of sticking on the mm-hmm. practice squad. If I were to have a fourth running back, I'm with you. I would take Holyfield. But in my opinion, like none of those three guys really – you know, definitively stamp their ticket to the roster. So I think there's actually a chance that after cutdowns, there's going to be a running back available on waivers who's better than any of those three guys. So they may add one thereafter, but I didn't find, you know, any of those three guys to have made a, a compelling enough case for me to put them on the original 53. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've talked about Killens throughout the offseason, kind of a fan favorite really fast arguably maybe the fastest guy on the team but i just i don't really see enough out of him like yeah. to be to even think he's going to get claimed on waivers he also got the eighth highest guarantee out of the, the eagles 13 original undrafted rookie free agent signings so this isn't like you know their top udfa they had to have on the team like i think some people out there kind of have that perception like he's oh you can't get rid of him but like i, I just don't think that's the case for him to make the team he has to have a prominent role on special teams mm-hmm. and i just don't see it like he, he i think he could return kicks right away but he's not returning punts. Like he just wasn't reliable enough catching the football, just catching the football on punt returns. So I, I wouldn't trust him back there. And then he's not going to be on your coverage units, you know, running down making tackles because he's just so little. So uh, yeah, I just I just don't. I think he's a player worth keeping for development purposes. Sure, he can be like sort of like a gadget guy, like a jet sweep kind of guy. And if you can develop him as a as a returner, both as a kick returner and a punt returner down the line, then he's a guy that can make the team eventually. But he's not ready yet. Agree. Wide receiver. How many you got? I have seven, Jimmy. And I, I think it's <laughs> okay. reasonable because, look, Deshaun's going to get hurt at some point. It's just going to happen. <laughs> yeah. He's missed an, Again, I, I go over this number all the time. It's like an uh, average of over five games per season in the last five seasons. So he's going to get hurt at some point. He's not playing all 16 games. Jalen Rager is going to miss at least one game, if not more, with this shoulder injury. Um, and God forbid, like it lingers or something. I think it'll be more. It, it could be more. Maybe they put him on IR. Uh, you know, after he's on the original 53, you know, if they think he's going to miss three weeks, who knows? But anyway, I are just so you don't get freaked out by what Brandon's saying there. It's only three weeks now. It's not, it's not like you go on for eight weeks and you only get two guys that can come back off of IR. There's unlimited number of guys that can come off IR this year. And again, it's only three weeks long, uh, Mm -hmm. due to COVID because they want to have, you know, they want to give teams more flexibility to have, you know, full rosters if there's some kind of outbreak or whatever. So uh, by putting him on IR, not super alarming anymore. And then Quez Watkins has kind of been banged up here a little bit too day to day. So that's three guys to me are like significant injury risk guys. So why not keep seven, especially when guy at the bottom like Deontay Burnett has arguably outplayed Greg Ward. I think you would say that definitively. And he's also like three years younger than Greg Ward. Um, so, yeah, so I have Deshaun Rager, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Greg Ward, John Hightower, who had a really good camp, Quez Watkins, and Deontay Burnett. That's seven. I have the same. I also have seven, and I have the same guys. 
Quez, the, the other thing I'll say about him too, like even if you weren't, like even, even if he were fully healthy, I don't know that they would have him up on game day. I mm. think he would still be inactive because he didn't really play much on special teams. And he's behind Hightower and Rager in terms of like what he did in camp. Like I thought he had some good moments early in camp, but kind of quieted down as, as camp went along. I think he's a little further away than a Hightower. The, the, the other player that we should mention here too is um, Alshon Jeffrey. There's basically two options with him. He's either activated to the active roster and he stays there and he makes the team and he's on the 53 man roster and he just and again he just stays there like or he goes from the active pup list uh, to the reserve pup list, which means that he would remain there for the first six games of the season. At so least there's, there's no there's no scenario where he can you know come off of pup, make the team. And then go on IR, as we just mentioned, IR is only three weeks now, so that would be the benefit of that. But you can't do that. So, like, you can't take him off pup saying that, okay, he's he's healed from, you know, this list Frank injury that he has, and then later put him on IR with the same injury. <laughs> like, that doesn't fly. So, they're not allowed to do that. So, it's one of two options, pup, or he just makes the team. And I don't think he can make the team with the numbers that they have. Um, and personally, like, I, I know that, you know, some people put reports out that he could potentially be ready at some point in September. I don't see that. Like, I don't really buy that because, I mean, just watching him uh, in practice, like a year ago, just to, for sake of comparison, like Jalen Mills was working out on a side field throughout camp. And we didn't really see any of that from Alshon. Like he was just kind of throwing the ball around a little bit to, to other guys and stuff like that. But he didn't look like he was, you know, at the level where Mills was, a year ago, Mills winds up starting the season on pup, sits out the first six weeks, actually comes back week seven. Uh, but it's it, it just didn't seem like he's as far along as some of those reports would say. Maybe he's ready by September. Uh, you know, Doug said that. What did he say? Something to the effect of like, we want to make sure he's 105 percent healthy That's or something weird like number. that. <laughs> right. So like uh, I think he, he's uh, I think he's destined to start the season uh, missing the first week season. Missing the first eight weeks on pup. Six weeks. Six weeks for pup. You said eight. Did I say eight? It's. Six. I think you said eight. It's six. Yeah, it's, and that's at least two. By the way, like yes, he's at least those six games. If he's not ready after that, you know, it could still take time to ramp up or whatever. They have a they have a twenty one day window. You know, they can activate him and and ramp him up. Um, interesting line from Tim McManus, ESPN Zone. And his roster projection, Jimmy, that I highlighted on BootingGreenNation.com, which the commenters love when I always bring up Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey, yeah. where he said, it's hard to picture where Jeffrey fits with the youth and speed mo- movement at receiver in full effect. Could the Eagles find a willing trade partner if they agreed to eat some of Jeffrey's salary? And now, as he says this, I also look up at how the Jets, who, hmm, coach, or not coach, uh, you know, GM there, Joe Douglas, obviously, formerly with the Eagles, are having a bunch of wide receiver injuries, and it makes me wonder, yeah, Tim, Tim doesn't just like kind of willy nilly like guess on that kind of thing. Like if uh-huh. he's if he's you know kind of guessing on something, then you know he he probably knows a little something. One thing I will note too, by the way, is I also uh, uh, clarified with the leak source. <laughs> I hate saying that, but what a uh, big deal! What a big timer <laughs> right here, exclusive. Just, really, just this is just in terms of uh, rule, like you know, uh, you know, roster rules. So uh, I, I was curious because like two years ago they made it allowable to trade guys who are on injured reserve. So I was curious if they could, you know, trade guys who are on pup as well. Uh, they can, 
the reason I asked that was because imagine like, because first of all, the Eagles would trade Alshon Jeffrey for literally anything in half a heartbeat. They just to get him off, just to get him out and, you know, have a savings on that uh, guaranteed money that they owe him. Uh, but you know, that's certain, that's, that, that's almost certainly not going to happen where somebody takes on that full guaranteed salary. So I wondered if like he were on pup and some team were actually interested in, you know, working out some kind of deal for him, but they couldn't <laughs> because he was on pup. So like if they weren't able to trade guys on pup, then I thought maybe uh, there'd be a scenario where they just keep him on the roster so as not to miss out on such an opportunity, but doesn't matter they can trade guys on pup, so that doesn't even factor into the equation. Tight end, tight end. I yeah, have... for me, that, for me, that's pretty easy. Uh, I have Ertz, Goddard, and then I am keeping uh, Noah Tongiai at least for now. We'll see if like they find a guy on the waiver wire who they think is better than Tongiai. But for now, uh, at at cutdowns, I think they keep those three guys. Very possible they gave Tongiai the third highest guarantee out of their undrafted rookie free agents. So you know. Seems like they like him a little bit. To me, he just hasn't like. I'm very whelmed by him. Not like, <laughs> not okay. overwhelmed. Like just very whelmed. Okay. Um, didn't really see anything that makes me think he's one of the 53 best players. I know that's not always exactly how it works, but I yeah. just like, I don't really see it. And this idea that like they like they have to keep three in their minds isn't true to me because. You know, I think a lot of people and you among them, Jimmy, so I'm calling you out. <laughs> I texted you about this, but yeah. like people are like, oh, you know, they can't only keep two after what happened in the Falcons game last year where Goddard went down with an injury unexpectedly and then they only had Ertz. I mean, I get the logic of that, but their actions didn't meet that because they really only had two for a long time after that. And then they only brought up Josh Perkins, who wasn't even a like, full-time tight end. They, they kind of list as wide receiver. They only brought him up when Ertz was hurt late in the season. So they ran with two still, even they after did. that. They did. They didn't thing. learn their lesson on that. You're right. So I don't know for sure like that they're just going to have three for sure. And I just I think with the new practice squad rule, too, where you kind of can uh, call like obviously protect guys and, and, and call guys up from there. I think maybe they just do that with Tangiai or, you know, I think really they should be looking for an upgrade at third tight end. That seems like something they could reasonably find among the cuts. Like the, like one of those should probably be shaking free, like a good third end type. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I, I just can't justify keeping a third one. So I just have the two, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Okay, so you have two tight ends. I have three. You have four running backs. I have three. So that's yeah. where our numbers differences are. So the, the, the one thing I would point out with Tangiai is he was the quote unquote, he was a quote unquote starter uh, on the punt coverage and kick return teams. Mm. So he does bring, I don't know, necessarily special teams value. Like I don't know if he's good on special teams, but they did have him running with the first team on those, uh, on, on those units. So uh, that's an indication that they intend on keeping him. Offensive line, Jimmy. Difficult. I don't know. Who's the starting left tackle? <laughs> <laughs> right. Who's the yeah? Who wait? Did you say who's the second left tackle? Who's the starting left? Who's tackle? Who's the starting left tackle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, first of all, they're gonna pay JP before the beginning of the season, right? I mean, they have to, but are they? I don't. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> yes. But you think? I don't. I don't think it's a hundred percent. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent chance it happens. What we don't know is what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as who's going to make the roster, obviously it'll be the, the the locks. Well, first of all, the starters will be Peters, Samalo, Kelsey, Pryor, and Johnson. Just a matter of whether you know Peters plays left tackle and Pryor plays right guard, or vice versa. And then I also have uh, Herbie and Driscoll as locks. 
And then I kind of have like my lotta right there too, because mm-hmm. you, you get forty-eight uh, players active this year, but you only get forty-eight if you have eight offensive linemen up. So after Herbig and Driscoll, you know who's that guy going to be, other than my lotta? Mm-hmm. So like he's like sort of the guy for me that'll be that eighth guy that they can have up. And then I also have uh, Prince Tegawanogo making the team because I don't think they'll they'll want to risk. Um, you know, losing him on waivers. I do think that if there is a guy that could, you know, sort of be in that uh, Alex McAllister, uh, you know, red shirt IR guy, it could be Winogo. That's another way they, they could save a roster spot maybe. But here I have him making the team. I have those same nine. The only other guy really in the mix there, I would say, is Luke Jariga, you know, who they yeah. gave the highest guarantee to. And I have him off now, but as I've pointed out multiple times, like they've usually kept that guy, or even if not kept him, like Josh Adams they didn't keep him on the fifty three, but they promoted him from the practice squad pretty quickly. You know, TJ Edwards and Herbig last year were those top guys. They they tied for the highest guarantee. So that's something to definitely to consider. Like they, they usually like those guys and, and maybe, you know, it's enough to kind of keep it around. Uh, Sua Opeta is probably worth mentioning just because the Eagles, you know, tried to prevent or they did prevent the Dolphins from, from trying to steal him from their practice squad last year, but I don't think he makes it. Uh, yeah. So I have the nine there and uh, yeah. You know who never has to be promoted from the practice squad? Who? Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. Brandon. He's on the active roster. Starter. Number one starter on the team. Number one starter in my heart. Did you know, Brandon, that all the kings and queens and lords of the land took a vote on who the best realtor in the history of the universe is? Who is and it? And it's Kristen Roach of Roach. Wow! Realtors. So if you're looking to buy or sell a home, make sure you call or text Kristen at eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five again eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. Brandon, back after this. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on BGN Radio episode 144, running through our Eagles 53-man roster predictions. Again, this is what we're thinking the Eagles will do, not so much what we would do. Um, You know, we're trying to predict what the team is going to do in this. Uh, Before we get to the defense, Jimmy, you know that I love food, right? Like You do? You know that, right? You know that about me? Sure. Uh, And maybe, I mean, you wouldn't question my taste, Jimmy, because I I would tell you that... feel like i smoked you in the uh thanksgiving uh side draft but you wouldn't question my taste when it comes to right this film oh of course not see that's the thing and you you know food's really important to me and i take it seriously so (laughs) if i'm endorsing it like that's a legit recommendation you know this is from someone who loves food it's not just like anybody right throwing throwing anything so obviously you know bgn radio brought to you by right this film craft jerky it's the meat snacks that fuel your Philadelphia Eagles. That's right. Righteous felon jerky and snack steaks are served at the Eagles Novacare Complex Fueling Station where players get their pre and post-workout protein fix. If it's good enough for the Eagles, 
it has to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Fallon is based in Westchester, PA. They use locally sourced all-natural black Angus beef, and they're committed to elevating the meat snacks category, superior quality, and creative branding. You can try all the flavors. OJ Hickory, Victorious B.I.G., it's Jimmy's favorite, Baby Blues Barbecue, a lot of different options. You can go to RightsFallon.com and use the discount code BGN15 at checkout to get 15% off when you order. There's no limit on how many times you can use that discount code BGN15 at RightsFallon.com, so go do it because the Philadelphia Eagles like those snacks, and you should too. Uh, Jimmy, defensive end. Yeah, okay, so uh, the four obvious ones are Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat, Vinnie Curry. And then the last two... Sort of difficult, maybe maybe a little difficult. See, I think Joe Osman and Casey Tuhill clearly uh, outplayed uh, Gennard Avery uh, and Sharif Miller. So I actually have those two guys making the team. Now that's going to take um, you know a little bit of um, pride swallowing, I would say, from for Howie Roseman to cut Gennard Avery, who we traded a fourth round pick for at the trade deadline last year, and then of course uh, Sharif Miller. Who they who they use the fourth round draft pick on in the 2019 draft, so it's going to be sort of a test in uh, in uh, you know how willing he will be to cut his losses because in my view Osman and Tuhill uh, very clearly deserve roster spots over those two guys, and I have them on. I think uh, Howie is going to do the right thing and and take those two guys over Avery and Miller. Yeah, I have the six two Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat as your third. Uh, good training camp for him. Um, obviously boosted by Matt Pryor looking terrible at left tackle and the last day, but still good training camp before that even. Uh, I think some people have kind of said, like, maybe Vinny Curry isn't a lock. No, I think he's a lock. Um, he's getting guaranteed money. I think Schwartz likes him a lot, too. He's talked about him. He said he was one of the, what did he say, one of the best players on the team oh, last geez. year? Something like that. Uh, he likes his energy, I know. He's talked about that a lot. Like, like important energy guy. Or he had a great, already great season or something like that. Like, he was he had a great season last year or something he's, like he's that. He's a lock. He was over-effusive in his praise of Vinny the last time we spoke and about then, him. Yeah, lock. As far as Osman, and, and I think Osman just, like, earns it. Like, he, he looked good last year. He looks good this year. Like, and he also is going to contribute on special teams. Like, is and, Sharif And they've Miller. done a lot of different things with him, too. Like, they've stood him up in that joker yes. role. And they've also, like, had him with his hand in the dirt at a defensive tackle at times, like, like not on rundowns, but like on, on obvious passing downs, they, they had him, they moved, they've moved him inside, you know, to see what he can do there. So that's a sign to me that, that they, uh, that they see something in him. And uh, I think he makes the team this year, as you mentioned, he was definitely going to make the team last year. Maybe not definitely, but he was, he was, uh, he was looking like he was becoming close to a lock at some point during training camp last year before he tore his ACL, before he tore his ACL. He seems like he's fully recovered from that. Really, pre- pretty much picked up uh, right where he left off last year, and uh, like as you said, he, he, had a, he had a really good camp. Tuhill surprised me because I thought he wasn't going to be ready. I just thought like he needed to add more muscle. Like he just didn't like this. Looking at him and then looking at his combine testing numbers, which are really bad, like the best pre- bench press. I just thought he needed to like add more strength before being really able to do anything. And uh, he was really active, so he surprised me. Um, not just rushing the passer too, but as you noted, sometimes like dropping into coverage on yeah. certain plays, just like very athletic and, and he, he just looked good. So probably not uh, going to play anytime soon, agree. but I think that's a guy that you don't want, like you don't want to lose him. Yeah. I think that I he was a draft you, you pick this year. You don't want to risk losing him on waivers. Yeah. That, that he was a draft pick this year, I think almost matters more to like Howie and this, in this circumstance where like he, he's outplayed, you know? Uh, like draft picks he used in the past. It's like, this is a draft pick he used this year and he's looking good now. Sharif Miller, I guess, you know, like maybe he sneaks on. 
Um, not as a seventh, but maybe like they just keep him. It was weird because uh, Spadero, well, for whatever it's worth, was hyping him up on the Eagles site. Um, maybe that's mm. nothing. Maybe it's like trying to pump up his trade value for all I know. He is younger than Ospin. Uh, Miller's only 23. Ospin's 25. Tuhill's 24. So if you want to keep that into account. Yeah, but I think it's going to be Ospin and Tuhill. Uh, and I think, Jimmy, the Eagles need to keep six defensive ends because a defensive tackle, uh, they, they're looking a little light there. <laughs> As they with, always are every year. With Javon Hargrave um, still not, you know, we don't know where he is recovering from this pectoral injury. Well, they did uh, upgrade him from week to week to day to day. Oh, okay. So that was something. Well, but that also still means nothing because Lane Johnson <laughs> just missed eight or nine straight practices being day to day. So, uh, you know, and then Hassan Ridgeway is also now day to day. And, you know, this has been pretty solid for me throughout the offseason. Like Fletcher Koch, Javon Hargrave, Malik Jackson, Hassan Ridgeway. Those are the four. Yes. But, you know, like I don't think they're going to keep Anthony Rush as a fifth especially if you're going to go heavy at defensive end. And I think that's part of why you feel comfortable going heavy at defensive end. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I think it's locked in, those four. But, you know, it'd be nice if they were healthy. So here's what I would say. Even in the event that both Hargrave and Ridgeway are out week one, this is where that uh, practice squad call-up guy makes yes. a lot of sense because you can just have a body that can just eat a few snaps here and there that you can play week one, whether that's a guy that's already – on your roster right now that you cut and you bring back on your practice squad. Like Rush. Like like Rush would make sense. Even like a T.Y. McGill maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Raekwon Williams, I don't think you want to play him now. Or if you just, you know, grab a guy that gets cut from another team. That's the kind of player that that, um, you know, re- practice squad call-up thing is perfect for. Agreed. All right, linebacker. I have this five. One's pretty, this one's pretty easy for me, I think. Yeah. Like Alex Singleton leaving him off was a little... Because, I mean, they've, they've played him a lot. He's gotten first-team reps. Mm-hmm. You know, they like him as a special teamer. But for me, it's Gary, Riley, uh, Duke Riley, TJ Edwards, Sean Bradley, and Davion Taylor. And I just I just can't find room for Singleton. And, you know, to, to, if you keep Singleton, then you're probably going light somewhere else, at corner or safety or something like that. And I just can't see them doing that. Yeah, I mean, they, they usually only play two linebackers at a time anyway. So, like, really going to keep six. And also, I don't know who's really going to be claiming Singleton. Like, he's, I think he's yeah. turning 27 this season. Uh, so, it's not like he's this super young guy with upside. Uh, he's kind of like a, a triple-A player, you know, in baseball. Like, you know. Not super like, hard to replace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like, and that's, I like Alex Singleton for what yeah. he is. Like, I'm not yeah, yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. disparage him. I just don't really think, like, other teams are going to be clamoring for him. Um, they got him onto the practice squad last year with a minimum practice squad salary. They didn't have to pay him more than that, from what mm-hmm. I remember. Um, they obviously called him up, and yeah, he could be another one of those guys. You have to call, like if they're dealing with some injuries at linebacker, they can just call him up, uh, whether that's full time or using the new promotion thing. So yeah, would you agree with me, Jimmy? Oh, and then obviously um, we should say that like Nate Gary for sure is going to play the most snaps of any linebacker this year, yes. assuming he's healthy. And then I guess we don't you've you've talked about like maybe a platoon, you know, between Edwards and, yes. and Riley. Do you still feel like that way? I do. Yeah, I think Riley will play on obvious passing downs. And I think uh, while I don't think they'll, I think, you know, they'll, they'll use Edwards when, you know, there's on potential running downs. I don't think necessarily that like he won't be like he's going to play in some nickel sets. So there will be some times where it's Gary and Edwards. As opposed to like Edwards only playing if there's three linebackers in the game, but they're going to have. I think there's going to be different scenarios where Riley's in the game and Edwards is in the game uh, alongside Gary. But I also think that Riley's probably going to get more snaps uh, than Edwards this season. Edwards is going to have a, a significantly 
uh, upgraded role from what mm-hmm. he had last year. So last year he only played like a hundred, like low one hundreds uh, number of snaps. It's going to go up substantially from there. I would say probably he plays somewhere in the ballpark of like I don't know thirty percent of the snaps somewhere around there. Uh, and I think Duke Riley will play, you know, somewhere around like I don't know forty five to fifty percent of the snaps. Would you agree with me that Sean Bradley is ahead of Davion Taylor when it comes Absolutely. to playing time? And would you agree with me that Davion Taylor has been the least impressive rookie from the Eagles' ten picks based on camp? I think it's an easy I, yes. I think there's an argument for that. Yeah, yeah, certainly for where they are picked. Yes, mm-hmm. but just overall, yeah, I, I think I would agree with that as well. Which we kind of expected a little bit in that he was raw coming out of college to begin with and then you know really early in camp before like there was really any judgments to be made of these guys you know jim schwartz kind of said that uh uh you know it's a it's a lot more difficult picking up the linebacker and safety positions in his defense than it is a corner and and along the the defensive line for example so he kind of has that working against him right off the bat so i kind of get that and we've seen a little bit of that with uh kayvon wallace i think too who Mm. really hasn't stood out you know, spectacularly in camp. Like he did a few things here and there. But uh, I think, you know, I was maybe expecting a little more to see a little more out of Wallace. I just didn't. Um, He's not in danger of making the team or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I I would agree. Taylor's probably the, the, I would say he's probably the least impressive of the guys that I've seen. I would say maybe Winogo, but I thought he was okay. Especially for a late six round pick too. Yeah. Cornerback, we have, this is a tricky one, Jimmy. This is, yes. <laughs> it's a little tricky here. I have five. I have Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, obviously locked in as the two starters on the outside. Uh, and I'll, also, I want to stop down on Maddox for a second because I've seen some like negative things about him where like, he didn't have the best camp. I don't agree with that. I really don't agree with that. I thought he had a good camp. And I know that he's going to get beat sometimes when it comes to jump, jump balls. And he also didn't have a good last day of practice on Sunday. I agree with that. But like overall, there was much more good to me than bad, and I don't, I don't want to. He- I'm not here for any Avante Maddox slander. He's not a perfect. <laughs> he's not like a star. I'm not saying yeah. that, but like he's a good number two cornerback. I think that's what he is, and uh, so I, I, I just don't like this thing like where oh you know who even is he or um, not to call out Kiss here, and I don't think he's exactly doing this, but like oh we should just sign Prince of Mukamara and put him in the starting lineup. Like no, like Avante Maddox has earned the starting job. Uh, Nickel Roby Coleman is my slot. Craven LeBlanc makes the team. As you know, like he's the backup slot slash, you know, find a way to get him on the field in you know dime or these heavy defensive back packages. And then Rizul Douglas is my fifth, and that's all I have. And he's the mm. top backup on the outside. So you have uh, Craig James out. Unfortunately, yeah, I just I couldn't make it fit make it fit on here. I, I want I want Craig James to be on here, but I don't know how to make it work. Yeah, uh, I came around on your uh, Craig James hype. I have him in. Hmm. And I have Rizul. I have Rizul still out. Wow, that is one that I'm afraid of. <laughs> like, like, I don't think they're just going to cut him at this point, though. I really don't. It'd, it'd have to be a trade. It'd be it'd be really hard to. So I think like he really struggled early in camp, hmm. but he came on as camp went along. But I just look back to last season, and he just couldn't cover guys deep. Mm-hmm. And additionally, like they really want guys who can cover outside, can cover inside, especially with a guy like Slay, who's going to be, you know, following the opposing receiver around. Maybe not all the time, but as Schwartz explained, you know, some sometimes when it, it makes sense, when, you know, they're, they're facing like a legit, like, you know, number one type of receiver, uh, he'll do that. So for him to do that, you have to have, the other corners have to be able to play everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. And Razul Douglas is a an outside corner only. So he doesn't have that kind of versatility where they, you know, in, in the kind of defense that Jim Schwartz wants to run. So I've really just struggled having him being on the roster in this scheme. Like, I think he has skills, as we've mentioned plenty of times, like he has ball skills, he's willing to hit, he's big, uh, but it's just in man coverage, he really struggles with, with speed. And uh, I think we learned last year sort of what he is as a player. And I don't mm. think a camp is really going to change my opinion on on that. So I have him off. We both clearly obviously have Sidney Jones off here, which uh, you know, certainly he doesn't deserve to make the roster. But like above what we talked about, you know, they gave up a fourth round pick for Jannard Avery and they spent a fourth round pick on Sharif Miller. We both think that he's going to cut his losses there. It takes a little bit of a leap of faith here again that they're going to that he's going to cut his losses on Sidney Jones, who he spent a second round pick on. It's just not a good use of a roster spot if you keep Sidney Jones, like because he's not going to help you on special teams. You're you're only keeping him because you're like, all right, in theory, he has upside. Like, guess what? He's only like a month younger than Craig James, by the way. So it's not like you know he's this super young guy with you know like you know super super young and immense potential. Um, that you can rely on. I mean, it's not reliable. You need – a backup player needs to be, like, available, and Steven yes. Jones is not available, and he also needs to help on special teams, and he doesn't do that. So, like, you're just – you're really just, like, waste. It's almost like a glorified practice squad spot if you have him on the team. You know, uh, he's only effective as a backup cornerback only, and I just – I don't think it makes sense. I think the Eagles should really be trying to I know it's selling low, but it's getting anything for him. I would do that at this point and try to get almost anything they can for him, whatever it is. And I just think it's time to move on. So like I wondered if they would keep him on the roster just to prove that they will in order to trade him. Because remember mm. they did that in twenty sixteen with Eric Rowe. Yeah. Like who he had fallen out of favor with Schwartz and uh didn't look like he was gonna make the roster. They kept him and then they wound up trading him for a fourth round pick to to the Patriots. But that's a different situation because you know he was going in Rowe was going into his second year in the league that mm-hmm. year. He had those impressive, you know, measurables. He was healthy. You know, Jones has none of those things going for him. He's in his third he's going into his fourth year. He hasn't been healthy. He's not like super athletic like Rowe was coming out of college. So I think his time with the Eagles is uh is is going to come to an end on Saturday. And another reason why I don't think the Eagles can really keep Sidney Jones ties into the safety position where the Eagles have to keep five now. Like they, yes. they have to because Will Rodney, Rodney McLeod and Jalen Mills are obviously your starters. Will Parks was going to be that number three, but now he's out, what, like four to six weeks or, or something, like multiple weeks. The Eagles could potentially uh, put him on injured reserve after keeping him on the 53 and right. you know, like because he's probably going to miss at least three weeks. And maybe activate him that fourth game or whenever he's healthy after that. Um, and then, I, you know, Kavon Wallace, I think is, I have him, or Kavon Wallace, I have him that stepping up into that third role. And then it kind of, you have to pick here between Graylin Arnold, who I have the Eagles keeping and think they should keep, uh, or Rudy Ford or Marcus Epps. And those latter two guys are in more experience. They played in the defense and they also um, have been on the first team special teams unit. So I don't know how I feel about this one. And if I you're hope, not having uh, Sidney Jones, I hope Bo but, Wolf isn't isn't listening because you why? didn't mention Elijah Riley. Well, I don't even think he. I, oh, I was reading his fifty-three man, and he doesn't even have him on. He isn't on the practice squad. I like what Elijah Riley did this summer, but he's a practice squad guy. He's yeah, not a yeah, roster yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I have uh, I differ on you here. Keep Graylin Arnold and mm-hmm. uh, and keep and develop him. 
I, I have him off. I have Rudy Ford on. Uh. <laughs> and like, uh. I think, I think he stunk last year on special teams. He was terrible. <laughs> but he's consistently been one of the gunners throughout yep. camp. And I think they just like him on special teams. Uh. And he's also, he's more experienced than Graylin Arnold. And when you have Parks out, like, so if Parks were, if Parks were, like, if he hadn't gotten hurt, I would have had Arnold on. Hmm. But now that he's hurt, I think they're going to, you know, kind of uh, lean toward have a guy with a little bit of experience over an undrafted free agent in Arnold. And And so for me, it was a choice between Rudy Ford and Marcus Epps. Mm -hmm. And I think they value Ford more than Epps. Yeah, so you're losing some a special teams contributor there, you know, with Parks getting hurt. So that's another reason to me why you can't keep Jones because, like, okay, like yeah. you're, just, you're losing special teams guys, like, so you're not going to keep him, and then you're not going to keep Craig James too. Like, who's playing special teams then? Like, right. So that's that's something I think about. And then with uh, Arnold, I think it'd be pretty unfortunate if he got claimed. Not the end of the world, but like, ideally, you want to keep him around, in my opinion, because Mills is a free agent after this season. Uh, Parks is a free agent after this season. McLeod, you know, is on the wrong side of 30 now. Like, it'd be nice. I know you have Wallace in here, but it would be nice to have a kind of another developmental safety. And I, and I think Arnold deserves to make it. I saw some good things from him in camp. So uh, I I would hope he's on the team. But I think you easily could be right. I'm going back and forth. I just I, – I, I, Sorry, I, go ahead. I deleted um, Arnold. I I keep going back and forth. I, I have my sheet up here, and I'm like, because I haven't posted it on Bleeding Green Nation, you know, as of the time we're, and you neither of you when we're we're uh, you know recording this podcast. So I'm going back and forth between it now. You know who he reminds me of? Who? Blake Count Blake Countess. Uh, Arnold, you're saying? Yes. They wear the same number. In that they drafted Countess. What was he sixth round? Yes. And he didn't like stand out in camp necessarily. And neither has Arnold, but he didn't like stand out in a bad way either. And I figured he was going to make the team, and he was mm-hmm. sort of a surprise cut when uh, when they cut him. So if they were willing to cut a guy like Blake, Count- Blake Countess, who was actually stuck in the league for a little while, he wound up getting claimed uh, by the Rams on waivers. Mm-hmm. They did, they they absolutely wanted to bring him back on the practice squad. So uh, I do think they're gonna they're gonna cut Arnold, unfortunately. Mm. Hey, my, Arnold, it's my boy. <laughs> All right, uh, anything else in the safeties? No, that's it. And then special teams. Yeah, that's uh, no. They're running. They're all running unopposed. Jake, Jake Elliott, Elliott, Cameron Johnston, Rick Lovato. Rick Lovato. No competition for those guys. Nope. And then we should probably just mention real quickly, yep. rounding out the roster. Uh, opted out, Marquise Goodwin. In case you yep. forgot, uh, Brandon Brooks is still on pup. He will continue to be on pup. Uh, they'll, they'll move him to the reserve pup list. Uh, same with uh, Alshon Jeffrey, as we mentioned earlier. I think. Um, uh-huh. And Deshaun Hall, my guess is they'll probably cut him with an injury. Settlement. Yes. And then uh, IR, uh, Perkins is already on it. Is that yep. right? Okay. Yep. And then Andre Dillard. Will go Depending on, on when you listen to this, he's either going to be on IR or he, are, or he already is on IR. But he, that's where he's going to land. Yep. How, how about you? Why don't you just run through your full practice squad? Uh, so. You did that, right? I did. Well, I did. But I also got a little screwed here because. Um, you know, Kyle Laletta signed with the Falcons, so I don't know that he's going to be available. So <laughs> I maybe still just ha- I still have him on mine anyway. Okay, well, I'm going to just say quarterback. You know, some kind of quarterback. Clayton Thorson. <laughs> yes. Clayton Thorson's available. Cowboys got him. <laughs> well, they God. clearly chose Laletta over yes. Thorson. Yeah, I don't think that's actually going to happen. But I'm going to yeah. say placeholder quarterback: uh, Adrian Killens, Marcus Green, Travis Fulgham, Noah Tangiai, and Caleb Wilson. Sua Opeta, Luke Jariga. Sharif Miller, 
Anthony Rush, Raycon Williams, Alex Singleton, Craig James, Michael Jaquette, Arisa Riley, and Rudy Ford. And then the obviously Matt Leo is an exemption. I have uh, again. I, I put I put Loletta because he's probably the most likely of the quarterbacks to be named later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just pick Loletta again. Uh, and then I have Holyfield, Killens, Fogum, like you. Uh, nice. I thought he showed enough to, to stick he around. Did. Uh, Caleb Wilson, Suo Peta, Luke Jariga, Gennard Avery, Sharif Miller, Raquan Williams, Anthony Rush, Alex Singleton, Razul Douglas, Michael Jacquette. Razul Douglas is probably not going to land on the practice squad. He's going to sign with somebody else. I don't know why I have him on here. In fact, you know what? I'm just going to take him off because he's going to sign. So he's he's roster worthy somewhere. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to land on the Eagles practice squad. Uh, Michael Jaquette, Graylin Arnold, Marcus Epps, and Elijah Riley. Oh, and also uh, Matt Leo, the, as yep. you mentioned, roster exempt. Yes. All right. So there, you, so there you have it. How many wins out of this team, Jimmy? <laughs> How many differences do we have? We had uh, uh, our, our fifth corner was different. Okay. Our defensive ends were the same. I think we're going to differ for some, from some people on that. Running backs were different. Running backs were different. Tight ends were different. Yeah. So we were pretty close. I mean, I feel good about most of – I mean, obviously, I feel good about all the key players. The, the only thing I feel uncertain about are, like, you know, these back-of-the-roster guys, which really probably won't matter. Ideally, won't matter. <laughs> right. It's funny. Every year, we, we, we spend so much energy and time uh, you know, figuring out who, who's going to be on the roster. And, you know, week 10, like, nobody's thinking about half of these guys that we're talking about. Like, the, the back-of-the-roster guys, anyway. Although, yes. I guess that's, that wasn't totally true last year. <laughs> but well, yeah. most, most years. That's why I said ideally. Ideally, it won't matter. <laughs> yeah. um, overall, the view, Jimmy, I did some takeaways from training camp, uh, nine takeaways I had from training camp. Okay. And my final point was like, I don't really feel dramatically different about the outlook of the team. I think there's more downside, you know, with the offensive line looking terrible. But yeah. I don't think it's only bad because I think wide receiver looks better than I thought. And I, yes. I'm encouraged by some what I've seen at cornerback. And obviously, when you have Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson leading your team, I feel like you're not going to be like, like horrible. You know, you're not going to be like a four-win team. Um, so, like, I can't say things have changed altogether. Probably a little worse, you know. Or, or you know, again, I think the potential to be a lot worse is there with the, the offensive line. Um, so, I still overall, though, if I had to say, I still think they're like they're around that nine and seven range yet again. What about you? The one thing that so the the one thing I'll add to like the optimistic side you mentioned receiver and the secondary i think uh the defensive line has a chance to be very very good yes if well first of all if barnett becomes something then that's just gravy but josh sweat seems to have made significant improvements from last year and then malik jackson had one of the best camps of anyone on the team this year so if he can turn out to be the player that they thought they were getting when they signed him in free agency last year then that is a huge boost to the defensive line and the defense in general defense actually might be okay this year i think they're gonna be good uh football outsiders projects they're gonna be like a top six finish in dvoa mm. and it's i think good. <laughs> yeah, and i think i was thinking about it i think they're gonna be like top eight like top quarter of the league defense and they were like 12th last year they've, they've made some upgrades and jim schwartz is a pretty good defensive coordinator so like yeah i think now Again, the problem with this is, like, I kind of don't care. <laughs> it's like, okay, the defense is good. So what? Like, if the offense isn't good. 
Well, the defense being good is a big deal. <laughs> I mean, not not if the offense is like mediocre again, though. Like, and if the defense is yeah. only good and not elite, like I just don't really know what you're going with that. Like, this- well, the the other thing on on offense too, which maybe like we've forgotten a little bit about because he wasn't there throughout the entirety of camp, almost is Miles Sanders is going to be really good again this year. Sure. So, like, hopefully, he has people to block for him. I think if he had practiced all throughout training camp and we saw him like doing some crazy stuff. We'd probably all be a little bit more optimistic about what the offense is going to look like, but we just mm-hmm. haven't seen that. So he's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Uh, I think he's going to be a stud. And I don't know. I, I don't know that I'd say they're going to run the offense through him, but he's going to get a lot of touches both as a as a runner and in the passing game. So what do you think they are? Like if, you, if you're taking the uh, over under on, I guess it is like nine and a half, where are you landing on that? Yeah. So that, uh, that O-line really scares me, but mm-hmm. um, 9.5 is perfect. Yeah, that's like that's a good line. I'll go optimistic. I'll go ten. Mm, barely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really had to think about it. I reserve my right to change. I reserve the right to change my mind on that. Yeah. But for I'm, now, we're, I'm going ten and six. Yeah, I'm still at like nine and seven. I, I just, I think the room for downside is greater too, especially with the. Like, I mean, like we don't know where the left tackle is. Like that's a big issue. <laughs> yes. And if, if they're gonna put Matt Pry out there, that's a disaster. And even if it's Jason Peters, which it should be, and you know, it could be like. He's going to miss time. He just yeah. is because it's going to happen because he's 38. He's going to turn 39 in January, and he's missed time the past couple of seasons, even if it's only like – I think he's only missed about 25 30% of the reps, but that's still significant. And I just – man, I just – I don't know. I don't know that I feel amazing about this team. I think they're good. I think they're going to make the playoffs. You know, water gun to my head. I think they, they make the playoffs, but I just don't know where they go really beyond that. There hasn't been a team – there hasn't been a wild card team that's even made the Super Bowl since 2013. So it's like – that's just not good enough anymore. You know how you always point out, like, uh, you know, okay, so, right, all right, so great. You made the playoffs three years in a row. You made it as yeah. a 9-7 team in 2018. You made it as a 9-7 team again, only because your division was horrid yep. uh, in 2019. Well, this year, there's that seventh team in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to they're gonna make the, the playoffs as that seventh team. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. And then well, it's going to be, the playoffs, well, they made the playoffs years. four years in a row. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Jimmy, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Nah, that's all I got. Cuts, you know, again, uh, are due by 4 p.m. on Saturday, September 5th. So I guess we'll probably have some reaction to that here on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Then again, I think, you know, we'll see waivers, the results of those on Sunday. And then practice squad can also be formed on Sunday once waivers are done. Um, So we'll see some of that coming up here soon. And then, Jimmy, rolls right into week one. I mean... It's Washington week already. Right around the corner. So it's here. Um, it's, it's good to know that things are looking, you know, they're progressing in a good way. And uh, obviously we'll see if it continues to be that way. Not out of the woods on that front at all. But encouraged and excited. People should be excited. Don't, don't let me damper your, uh, your, your excitement. I mean, obviously be excited. It's, you know, have fun. Um, this has been BGN Radio. It's brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Of course, you can go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BGN15 at checkout for 15% off. Again, that's BGN15 at checkout at RighteousFelon.com. Get yourself some meat snacks or non-meat snacks. They have a lot of different options. Check it out. Uh, follow BGN underscore radio on Twitter You know for the podcast feed. Subscribe, rate, review. I already said that, but do it again. If you haven't, um, check out Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Check out his work at Philly Voice. Check out me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton and then on Bleeding Green Nation. A lot of coverage coming your way. And until next time, goodbye, everybody. 
B G N.